listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey, Denver. Today, we're going to be doing a deal analysis about an off-market duplex that Lauren Valinotti found to one of our newer investor clients. That's right. Great opportunity for increasing the rents, possibly pulling out some money, and a possible development play down the road. So a great deal to talk about. And we have Lauren in the studio. Lauren, how are you? Doing good. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this deal because this is a this is a fun one that you found. And we also have our client in the studio too, one of the investors in this property, Alex Cohen. So we got in touch about a year and a half ago. Alex from Florida, young guy, bought his first house act last year, and then created a partnership and bought his first investment property, which is his duplex. Alex, how are you, man? Good, good. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, very excited to to talk about this deal. I think it's a great one for younger investors who are ready to to make that jump, and I'm excited to to give them some wisdom. So. All right. So, Lauren, um, you found this property. Just kind of give us the overview about the duplex, how you found it. Set the stage. Yeah. Uh, so we found this off market property through our bro- brokerage network. Um, they were selling two of their properties. Um, and so it was kind of a a package deal. They were looking to offload both units at the exact same time. So I was just kind of racking my brain, just trying to think of two individuals that we've been working with to see if this would be a good fit, a good partnership with. And Alex and one of our other clients, we were able to start the process on peeling back the onion to find out if this was going to be a good opportunity or not. And so it was two duplexes. Two duplexes okay. right next to each other. Yeah. And great locations. It's, it's an Athmar Park. Yep. Um, and I mean, Alex, set the stage here because you you bought your first house hack last year in 2020, right? Yes. Um, and then looking to get into this property, set the stage for what you and your partners were looking for. It was actually possibly early 2021, so it was okay. it was pretty quick of a transition. And in retrospect, we wish we got both of those duplexes. You know, it was that it yeah. turned out to be that great of a, an opportunity. So, yeah, um, off market deal like you touched on, um, and it was a very interesting situation. Um, the owner that previously owned it had passed away, and it was kind of left in disrepair, and a lot not a lot of basic maintenance was done. And as a result, caused issues. Um, but in retrospect as well, it was great for us because not only did we get a better deal on the property because it was it seemed it was in seemingly very poor condition. Um, we also in one of the tightest, most competitive markets got concessions from them. So it ended up being um, a win 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 in all in all ways. Yeah, yeah. So let's dive in the spreadsheet here and start plugging some numbers, and we'll kind of tell the story. Uh, along the way. So for those of you listening to the podcast, we'll do our best to talk the numbers, but as always, it's in the show notes uh, and we'll be in the YouTube video as well. So Denver duplex. So we got two units here for duplex. And just for clarity, I know I said you're house hacking. You're not house hacking this duplex. You bought another property in Denver house hacking. This is pure investment with your partners. Mm-hmm. So we'll select investment property. And what was the, uh, what was the purchase price? It was four twenty. Yeah, it was like four. Yeah, four twenty. Four twenty. We got it for um, four twenty. And what was like? 
put the offer in, you go on our contract, we do the inspection. You already alluded to the fact that there was some um, deferred maintenance, I think you put it politely. Uh, yes. um, what was the property condition like? What popped up on the inspection? Um, so luckily we have a great inspector that we trust a lot. Um, and he was very, he, he, to put it lightly, he was not, he didn't think it was in good condition. <laughs> um, there were issues with water damage, which led to subfloor issues, um, in multiple areas of the house, um, under the kitchen sink. Um, there was a leak there that wasn't fixed. It caused a lot of subfloor issues, same with the bathroom, uh, toilet. And we found out that the water heater was causing a lot of issues. The backflow valve was leaking onto the floor. So okay. subfloor issues, which led to mold as well. So it looked bad. Um, but like I said, it, it ended up being good. And so Lord, I mean, you see a bazillion inspection reports as an agent, like what was, what was your take? What's that to you? I mean, it was, not as bad. Let me tell you, my my inspector's great. You know, we partner with professionals. This is probably one of the most important parts of the whole entire deal. Uh, you know, he was just painting a picture of a lot of repairs that was needing to be done. But at the end of the day, we were able to bring our contractors in there, get two separate quotes to be able to just arm them with the data. And really, we were just looking at repair costs and what the potential for increase in rents was going to look like. And then also down the road for potential de uh, development play. So uh, these guys, you know, are definitely more seasoned investors, more risk tolerance. They were looking for a project. So it was kind of checking the boxes, you know, for their personalities type um, and investment play. If it was a turnkey person would definitely say, let's let's keep on walking. But this one fit really, really well for these guys. Great. Yeah. And Lauren kind of touched on it. It's important not only to get that inspection, but to also walk through these properties with the contractor you plan on working with. So you can make a educated investment decision with the numbers that are going to play out. Um, it's much less hypothetical and more concrete when, when a contractor says, hey, these are the issues that the inspection report shows, and this is how much um, I'm going to quote, and this is the scope of work that it's going to be to, to solve these problems. And that's when you can put in an educated offer and and make uh, better decisions. So what do you guys ask or what did you estimate for their repair cost? What was the actual repair cost on here? Yeah. So our estimated repair costs were, were very accurate because we walked the property beforehand with the contractor that we were going to do the work with. Um, I think it's like a 15, it was like a $5,000 difference. It was 15K for one unit and 20,000 for the other. And you said it ended up being 20 and 20 for each. Yeah. So about 40,000 total for everything. About 40,000 total. And what, right. what, so what What did you rehab on there for 40K? Cause that's, I mean, that's a good yeah. chunk of money. So it was, one unit was in, in worse condition than the other. So in the first unit, um, pulling out the entire kitchen, um, redoing subflooring in the kitchen, a lot of drywall, um, and then reinstalling, uh, the kitchen okay. with appliances and cabinets um of course paint throughout uh, a lot of holes in in touch up and in paint uh major the same we put vinyl plank throughout the entire house to keep it uniform uh easy maintenance it lasts much longer than carpet mm -hmm. um so it was a little more expensive but it was definitely worth the investment because it's not going to have to be replaced every so, so many years um the, and then the, cause it's a two bedroom, one bathroom in each of the, of the units, a uh, new bathroom, 
We okay. put like a subway tile, kept it simple, uh, clean colors, easy maintenance, um, and it just made the process. And we'll do them both the same. So fairly, I mean, a lot of work, but sounds like mostly cosmetic. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was quick work. Yeah, you know, like did you do it yourself or hire people? No, no, yeah, we hired a contractor to do it. Why yeah. did you not do it yourself? Because you're kind of for a, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're young, newer investor. A lot of people jump to doing it themselves. Yeah, um, I guess there's two boats there. There's the do it yourself, um, and then I'm in the boat of I only have a certain amount of time in the day. Um, I think a professional contractor will do it of uh, higher quality and faster. Um, we wanted to do uh, get this unit done in one month so that we uh, we uh, could get them you know at the higher rent the next month. Um, so it was just logistically easier that way, um, and you know, the quality of work at the end just seemed to be higher. Um, and so it worked. And a special note too on this one was he was able to keep the current renters in place and increase their rent. Oh, yep. Do tell more. <laughs> right. Like they were both in the unit while you were they remodeling? Were both occupied when he bought the property. And then how did you guys handle the rehab portion with the family in there? Yeah. So them? at the end of the day, we're providing housing for people, right? So we want, like, the people are first. The, the, the residents, the tenants are who we care about. Um, so we want to make their lives easy. At first, we thought um, maybe we'll just. Uh, have them stay in a hotel for that for the time period. Uh, they didn't want to. That they they work very close to uh, where they live. Um, they wanted to stay in the house, and they were okay with staying in the house while the renovation was going on. So um, I spoke with the the contractor, and he was okay with making it work. So we did the kitchen and living room area first, um, while they stayed in their bedrooms, and luckily they have cousins or family uh, right uh, in the same neighborhood. So they uh, used uh, their kitchen, their cousin's kitchen or something okay. like that. And um, when we finished the front of the house, they put their their bed, you know, their mattresses in the in the completed area. And really the bedrooms were, were very quick. We just did flooring. We got in there in maybe like a week and, and did the flooring and paint and, and lighting throughout. So it was quick and it worked perfectly. And I think everyone was happy. Of course, we didn't uh, Did charge a rent them. break or. Yep. Of course, we didn't charge them rent during that month. Um, yeah. And I think it, it was a win-win for everyone. Um, they s got to stay in their house during that period. Uh, we got to get it renovated. And of course, they weren't charged rent. So And, and, and you basically had almost like zero vacancy from your rehab time. Yeah, just that. I guess technically that month, but um, thousand dollars, yeah. thousand bucks. Yeah, that's... <laughs> for a five hundred dollar rent increase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that the rents increased from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars per side. Yeah. So we felt, regardless, it was underpriced. Um, I think they they bumped up the rent when they were selling it to show like, hey, we have we're make, bringing in this much. But um, we felt it was undervalued already. Um, and with you know the quality of finishes that we put in the the amount of work that we put in i think it's you, most people don't live in a, in a place that nice and for 1500 for a two-bedroom um in denver with a new bathroom uh, you know it, it, it seems like a great deal yeah so you could have probably pushed it higher yeah. i think too and what was great too is that we were able to pre-negotiate the rent increases with them also throughout the whole entire transaction um not only was the contractor just great in regards of getting the work done so quickly, but he acted as a tr as a translator 
for Alex and his partners throughout the whole time. They were Spanish, Spanish speaking. Um, and, you know, he was really able to kind of bridge the gap, bring them into the whole understanding of what was happening, what, you know, the, the, the pros for them of working through this process with them and their rent increases, you know, versus, you know, going ahead and vacating the property and then finding new housing. They really, really wanted to stay um, in this property. So everyone was able to communicate clearly through our, our contractor, mm-hmm. which was super helpful as, you know, obviously. That's great. Good. Yeah. Um, all right. So $1,500 per rent on each side, right? Mm-hmm. And then interest rate, I think you said before, was like four and three eighths. Yep. So 4.375. Yep. And I mean, you bought this property still when there was that, uh, we're talking about this before the podcast, when um, whatever part of the lending process had the investor hike on the interest rates and that's the upfront fees. So, you know, you got the interest rate, you're paying a little bit more than. No. Yeah. Yeah. HUD was doing something with interest rates, uh, messing with it a little bit at the time. Um, it was a very interesting, uh, interesting time as we all know. So, um, still, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's an extremely low interest rate and we should all be thankful for these interest rates. Yep. Um, exactly. it is higher than it could have been possibly, but, uh, we're very happy in the end, that interest rate of a difference of a, a little, a tiny number, uh, doesn't kill the deal. So yeah. we're happy with it. It won't have an impact on the long-term wealth building. That's, that's yeah. the thing. Like you're exactly. talking about a few bucks right now. And I forgot to mention, so I'm assuming, did you put down 20, 25%? I think we had to put 25% down. Um, Cause you did a 30 year fixed, right? 30 year fixed, yeah, 25%. So, I mean, vacancy, we'll leave at 3%, even though you basically had, well, you had a little bit of downtime with the rehab, but it sounds like those tents will probably stay there for a long time if they work close by. Absolutely. They're probably stoked about a brand new, you know, unit. They have family nearby. I and mean, those are gonna be like long-term tenants. Yeah. So they're probably gonna be very close to zero vacancy, which is huge for cash flow. Definitely. Um, they've lived there for a long time previously in the poor conditions. I think they're extremely happy with yeah. the new conditions. Um, that yeah, the children go to school down the block. Um, they work down the block. I, yeah, I definitely agree with you that it's going to be a long-term tenant. So good. We'll definitely. Well, that's a good win-win. Yeah. Uh, property management. Are you self-managing, or do you have a property manager? Um, we are using a property manager okay. as well. What uh, what's your monthly fee? Eight percent, ten percent? Remember? I believe it's uh because we 11. work with Lauren and um Ellie. the referral and Ellie. Um, Great. I think it's seven or eight, seven percent maybe. So uh, yeah, seven percent sounds about right. Monthly reserves for maintenance. This is a, I mean, a fully remodeled place. Did you your market lower than eight percent, or would you kind of use your your model? Um, it's still not a new build, so we we ran it at eight percent. Okay, you know, just to be safe. Um, it doesn't hurt to have a little extra uh, cash there. Oh yeah. So, uh, HOA is no, Lauren, what's the taxes? Uh, 2250. 2250. You guys more property insurance? Probably about what? 1800, 2000. I would say 1800. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's low. So low in Colorado. Um, water sewer. Are the tenants paying that or are you the landlord paying that? Yeah. Um, so the tenants, um, water sewer, electric, they, they take care of that. Um, and then we can touch on it later. It's separate. They're both uh, separately metered as well. For each unit. Uh, electric and gas? Um, definitely for water. Yeah. Um, I believe for electric and gas. Oh, as wow. Well. Okay. So I'm, not, I'm okay. not 100% sure. That's great. Um, so then really no utilities. Mm-hmm. 
landscaping and this it's a side-by-side duplex right if i recall yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so are they taking care of their own landscaping and snow removal no snow removal i would assume so yes that's probably in their contract to uh, remove the snow within 24 hours after it's no, at least on the public sidewalks. I think you have to do that. But when it comes to landscaping, we're taking care of that. Okay. Um, we want to put a little money into the landscaping. Yep. Um, not too much, but just to, to spruce it up. So that it's something that they can be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Would you earmark a year for that? Um, it's probably like, uh, divided over 12 months, 30 bucks a month. Okay. Oh, so um, we're, we're talking not much then. So 12 times 30. About 300, maybe maybe 500. We'll say 500 bucks. Yeah. Um, All right. So going to the cash flow tab. So, I mean, these are post numbers of you bought the property, Mm -hmm. you know, had a month of turn time, $40,000 into it. And it turns out you're cash flowing 6,000 bucks a year. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. It's great. It's it's pretty great because, you know, we did have that initial upfront renovation cost but we ran these numbers and we knew it was going to be three and a half four years maybe four and a half years before that that 40 grand was paid back but it that's not bad you know a cash flow of over six thousand we're very happy with yes so okay. as a rental play but then also to you know you guys are forward thinking and thinking about the other plays that you guys would be able to do with this with this property yeah let's talk about that yeah we're, okay I mean, because, I mean, there is, I mean, potential here for knowing the area, knowing the market, knowing the value increased in there. I mean, like you have forced some appreciation of the property as well. Yeah. I know one of your partners is also a, a mortgage professional. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you guys talked about possibly refinancing and pulling out some cash or kind of done a timeline on like that? Because then all you guys are yeah. numbers guys. Yeah. So I'm very lucky. Yes, we're numbers guys, but at the same time, they're very, I guess the word would be like chill about this. You know, um, we all trust each other to to run to go through all the options and, and see what the best option at hand is. Um, but yeah, this is a super interesting uh, neighborhood. It's an opportunity zone. So with that comes a lot of of development. Uh, the streets already developing. The neighborhood in general has come a long way, um, and we think it's going to continue going that way. Um, but with that, there's a lot of of exit opportunities, uh, different options that what we can do with this property. If you want to go into those, specifically. yeah, like, yeah. Um, what you guys outline? Yeah. So when we when we purchased the property, you know, we definitely outlined the fact that it's a corner property. And Lauren mentioned how important this is. Um, if we ever do want to develop this property, why is that important? Uh, we think the corner is important because it gives us a lot of flexibility with. Um, Placement of garages, things like that. Mm. It, it, it just feels larger, Setbacks. correct? Setbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the neighborhood supports it in the future and we hold it for that extended period of time, we're not opposed to to scraping the lot and developing it. Um, we're Is also it like a standard like 6250-ish lot. It's zoned for for two units. Um, so I don't know the exact lot size okay. that on it, but yeah, definitely would be able to look, you know, depending upon the market at that point in time when they want to develop it, scrape it and put up two larger. So zoned R2 yeah. and a big enough mm-hmm. lot. To... Yeah, okay. exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and we also touched that there's another identical duplex next door. Uh, and we do know the, the owners, also investors next door. And they um, mentioned that they were possibly interested in going down that route if it if it makes sense to mm, develop all, the entire yeah. 
did like four units. Oh yeah. So yeah, they're uh, another Year Castle agent who bought the other property. Oh great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. would definitely uh, yeah stay in touch with them. Mm-hmm. De- yeah, definitely. <laughs> we have a great relationship. We Good. we do landscaping together. Um, and we talked about exterior work. Uh, so it's it's good to have um, when buying a, a you know a duplex like that, whether it's attached or detached to the other owners, um, just having a good relationship with your neighbors next door in the long run is probably worth it. <laughs> so development is one option. Have, yeah. And you're just talking with the, the, the other investor and your guys' own planning. Do you have like yeah. a, a rough time window or too hard to tell? Well, it's all about numbers, right? I yeah. think Preston, he, his formula, I think is like 40%, like land, the land cost needs to be 40% of the sale price. So it's all dependent upon how quickly that area is going to appreciate for them mm-hmm. to be able to figure out if it makes sense for them to do a scrape. Cause the other development or the other play would be where you can just upgrade, you know, he's did just enough upgrades to the property to make it cash flow as heavy possible on the rental side. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but we also just talked about delaying the full the full finishes until he wants to maybe subdivide the property. Mm-hmm. Cause it is gonna be a rental. These guys do have a lot of people living in it in the unit. They do live hard. Mm-hmm. So if he were to go in and fully <laughs> update the unit to the finishes of what he would want to take it to market and get max amount of money to sell it, most likely it would be destroyed. So wait, let it appreciate, and then go put the quartz countertop in. He was able to buy used countertops, I mean, use um, uh, cabinets, go and buy the whole package, mm-hmm. fully update it to match the market trends at that point in time and subdivide the property and sell them as two separate units. Yeah, and these these units are not, this is kind of off topic, but these units are small and square footage wise, but they just feel so much larger on the inside. Um, with a two bedroom and a bathroom in 700 square feet, it would feel like it would be very cramped, mm-hmm. but you go in there and it's just like, so it's a great feels layout. large. So yeah. it, it just feels good. Yeah, and the location definitely gives uh-huh. itself. I mean, it's eight minutes to downtown Denver. You're on the west side of town. So you're able to kind of hit all those, those buzz areas mm-hmm. to get to the mountains. So, I mean, it would be able to, you know, easily sell, you know, at that below the half half million mark. And it'd be a great starter home for someone who would get excited about wanting to, you know, buy a half of a duplex for their primary home. So that's another thing. Okay, yeah. so we've got two options here. One's a potential development place, scrape and build, you know, brand new home, almost like, like a duplex. More of or, a long shot. That's more of a long shot, right? More of a, if, we're, I, if we're placing bets, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, I, I know a neighbor's <laughs> done it down guy. there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or doing the subdivide, which is keep the existing structure. Yeah. Go in there, completely remodel, but make, you know, unit A, unit B, two separate legal addresses and sell off to individual people. Yeah. And a lot of uh, people have been doing that in Denver. It, yep. It's doable. People have done it. Um, and that rezone unlocks a lot of value. Um from a four hundred thirty thousand dollar duplex, uh, like Lauren said, you could it could each unit could sell over upwards of you know three hundred each. You know we could be unlocking potentially hundreds of thousand dollars in value there. Mm-hmm. So depending on how it plays out, it could be the the way that we do this. Um, sure. It's it's very it looks very good. All right. Yeah. What about pull on some equity at some point? Is that yeah. on the radar for like while you're waiting for the market? 
and that neighborhood to do its thing mm-hmm. because that's you know as you said you know earlier that's just something kind of wait for the market to do it until the numbers and timing makes sense like oh great it makes sense to subdivide it makes sense to sell or uh, develop um in the winning game you're cash flowing you're an appreciating asset what about potentially pulling out some equity and the value you've created definitely De- that's definitely the third option right okay um pulling out this whether it's through a refinance of some sort uh, whether we split it or not um refinancing it um pulling out cash possibly a heloc or whatever the term is for you know a line of credit on the house um there's different scenarios we can run through and i guess that just depends on what it appraises for right so i know you all have a some a, a system that you like to run through that will help us decide on the best option yep when it comes to that if you want to touch on that uh, we can or yeah i mean that's i mean kind of like a more of like a return on equity analysis we do helps kind yeah. of figure out, hey, you know, uh, refinance or sell. We can run the property through it. I mean, after the podcast, it's probably too early since you just closed on this a little bit ago. Uh-huh. Um, but something you might want to keep in mind as you, you know, we should talk about as we kind of like, you know, every year goes by, revisit the numbers. Like, you know, we can pull some comps, get a rough idea what the value of the property is. Because um, to actually do a refinance, you know, thousand bucks for an appraisal on there to see what comes in at Mm -hmm. but i a strategy i would definitely consider is you know it's going to be a couple years for i think it really makes sense to develop uh might be sooner for a subdivide and sell but probably wait a little bit longer to really maximize that value in that couple year waiting period you might be able to pull some cash tap in that equity sooner um and then go out there and redeploy it and buy another property that much quicker so almost yeah. like a, you know not quite a burr but like a delayed burr between market appreciation you added value you got the best of both worlds going on crazy denver market yeah. you guys added a lot of value here yeah 100 percent agree and um just to touch on it like i'm a strong believer that uh, in order to to build this portfolio as a young a younger person the leverage has to be there so pull out the cash redeploy it like you said and, and keep moving um yeah. we're in a secure market here and uh, you know, as long as we make uh, good investment decisions, um, that seems like the best plan. All right, so I want to ask a few more questions about overall strategy, Alex. Um, anything else to talk about specifically or tactically on this property that you guys want to touch on? I hit all my questions. Um, I think we've touched touching yeah. them all, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I want to have you talk a little about Alex because. I mean, you you put in your notes on here, hey, you've been interested in real estate for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been on the back of your mind, you know, as you, uh, you know, for a couple of years, the pandemic hit and it sounded like you started saying, hey, I can sit on the sidelines or I can make something happen. Like what triggered in your mind to go out there and get off the sidelines and take action? And then, I mean, a year later, you got, you got two great properties. Yeah, I mean, a, a pandemic is a great excuse to to not do things right. Yeah, um, watch uh, Tiger King on Netflix all day instead. <laughs> I'm not going to say I didn't watch Tiger King. I did, did get through Tiger King. And that might the, that might have been the moment when I was like, am I going to watch Tiger King for a year? <laughs> or are we going to are we gonna actually do something? You know, um, there's a lot of quotes of pro, uh, professional athletes. You know, when when you're not working, you're com- your competition. I'm not saying everyone's competition, but others are working, right? Yep. So we got to get out there and do that. There's a lot of educational materials that that I was listening to, uh, you know, while being at home, and this was just continuing 
to push me to want to to make that Just like move. like podcasts, audiobooks, YouTube, things like that. Exactly, all of those. Podcast major, um just listening to other people's stories, you know, this yeah. is this is not new. People have done this and they're willing to t- like show you how they've done it and and teach you. So, uh that really de-risks the situation a lot um and helps uh, when when making that that first jump. All right. And so Speak on a little bit about what your strategy is, because you are doing a strategy I love. You're, you're house hacking, and you're also doing some active investing with partners. Kind of like, what what's your strategy and how you're bouncing out those two investment strategies right now? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, of course, I work a full-time W-2 regular job, and I, I use that job to kind of finance my personal house hacking. Um, when it comes to personal house hacking, if I could give any... A uh, person my age or someone looking to get into real estate, um, I would say house hack. Start now. Um, the interest rates are very low. Um, threshold when it comes to down payments and the amount of cash that you need um, are very low. And it is an amazing way. And I know, Chris, you touch on this all the time. Um, it's an amazing way to build wealth. Um, it's not an instantaneous, you know, you're not striking gold mm-hmm. instant instantly. But it's a long, it's a longer term way um, to to be very, very, if not more than very financially stable um, when you're older. Uh, can't stress that enough. And how did it come <laughs> out like? Because you're you have a partnership. Because um, you bought the house sack. I mean, you got the house sack you're living in. Then you got the partnership for this duplex. Give everyone a quick rundown on how you kind of form the partnership. Because a lot of people talk about partnerships. Um, a lot don't move forward with it for a variety of reasons, but you did guys bought a property, the partnership's running well, like give a little, f- uh, tips on what people can do to form a great partnership and what roles that you've established with, with your two other partners. Yeah. Um, I, I guess when it comes to roles, try to find partners that, um, you all have different strengths, you know, you all can, can help with, with the, the workload and, and, um, you know, where where your weaknesses are, their strengths are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super important. Um, so what would, can you can I put you on the spot like for this yeah. deal? What's your strength and one of your other two partners' strengths? Kind of like just from a high level. Yeah. So you touched on the fact that one of my partners is a, a mortgage banker. So when it comes to the financing aspect of it, he's extremely helpful in ensuring that we're making the right decisions when it comes to to loans or those types of things. I have another partner who is a finance mind. Um, all numbers uh, really helps with with the underwriting and ensuring that these are good deals. And then I think every you know in in the end, real estate's kind of like a business, right? It's like a yep. we're entrepreneurs here. So everyone kind of every business partnership kind of needs that catalyst. And I think that's kind of where I, pit, I I fit in. I'm ensuring that we're actually going to do this. You know, um, we have all the pieces here, and um, they're also down in Miami. So I'm the boots on the ground, um, speaking with lenders, agents, uh, walking these properties. So you're really the operator. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're all essential in this. Um, yeah, you found, you know, the, all the key pieces, the agent mm-hmm. walk the property, the general contractor, um, you know, you're dealing with the tenants, the property management side of things. So heavily on the operations side for sure. Yeah. 
All right. So as we wrap up here, I always like to ask people, you know, this question. Um, what's one thing that you would impart upon our listeners, other people wanting to, you know, do what you're doing? Like, what advice would you give people listening out there? Yeah. Um, I would really say to to take action now, uh, sooner rather than later. Um, like I said, there's so much content out there. Um, podcasts, uh, local RIAs, those are extremely, extremely important um, when it comes to meeting investors that are, you know, boots on the ground. Um, people are out there to help. RIAs are great. Um, talk to mentors, find people that uh, you trust that have done it before. Um, find a good agent, of course, uh, very important. And just educate yourself, you know, and while you're doing that, um, yeah, just take action. Um, the hardest part of starting is starting. And, um, (laughs) you know, the hardest part of getting into real estate I felt for personally was just, you know, making that, that jump and there's ways to de-risk it. Um, so just, just know that success is right there outside of your comfort zone, go and get it. Um, if it's not you, then who is it going to be? If you don't do it now, then when are you going to do it? You know? So, um, don't be afraid to, to reach out to people. Um, and, and when it comes to reaching out, um, if you want to reach out to me, uh, I would love to chat. Yeah. yeah. How can people get a hold of you? And of course, we'll yeah. put this in the show notes as well. Instagram, email, phone. What's your, what's your pick? Yeah. So, uh, my LinkedIn will be in the show notes. Definitely add LinkedIn. me over there and, and send me a message. Um, my email, we'll, we could also put that in the show notes, uh, alex.cowan, uh, 0130gmail.com. Um, I would love to chat with you. Um, this is what gets me excited. Uh, just helping others. Um, that's the important stuff. I love it. Lauren, follow question for you. I mean, you do a lot of deals, help a lot of clients like Alex and his partners. What advice do you have for people out there who want to get into the game and like what do they need to do to be prepared to be able to come find a deal with you? Yeah. Um, I think starting with educating yourself, surrounding yourselves with individuals who are, are like-minded people. This is definitely a industry, like Alex was saying, um, you know, we're not the first ones to be doing this. This has mm-hmm. been going on for a while. <laughs> um, and everyone in this community that I have found is very, very much open. There's enough for everybody to kind of get a piece of it. Um, and we all become friends and we all end up doing deals together focusing on the financing piece, which is probably um, you know the part that is the least fun to be dealing with, but at the end of the day, it's the most important. So making sure you're reaching out to us, uh, making sure you're reaching out to a, a lender. We work with some, some great lenders in town that can kind of get you a path created to be able to get all that, all that stuff, um, you know, put together. And then we can go do all the fun stuff, go out and hunt and get deals going. Mm-hmm. I think you're great numbers like this for Alex's property. Yeah. Um, guys, this is awesome. Lauren, thank you. Alex, thank you. And listeners out there, reach out to Alex, reach out to Lauren, reach out to me. If you guys have questions, we all live here in Denver. We invest in Denver. And this is what we love doing. See you next week. Bye.